0: The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Kowal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists.
1: Good morning and welcome with your host, Joe Still for the Retirement Clinic. I'm Paul Cronforce. Today we've got a special guest. This whole month, Joe, September has been twenty years. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Twenty well, years ago, just First of all, started good, the morning, show. Good, good morning, Paul. Good morning, Joe. <laughs> Yes, the proper introductions. Sure, sure. Uh, Joe Still with the Kowal Investment Group, one of many of the talented advisors. What's your official title, Joe? So I am a chartered
2: retirement planning counselor slash uh, financial advisor. So wow, yeah. Do you fit that on a card? I do. I do. I, uh, I I use the acronym. So
1: do people still pass out business cards in the world of business? I guess they do. Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah. We we send them out to a lot of clients. Uh, I. Just had a bunch of meetings this week and clients who I, uh, newer clients that I haven't met, absolutely, they grab a
1: business card. Well, uh, we have a guest with us that might go back to the very roots of the show 20 years ago. We'll let Carol tell us uh, about that first appearance, but I think it's most of the 20 years we've had Carol Richson on. Welcome back. Carol, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. And I'll ask you, Carol, what is your official title?
3: uh right now it's retired public affairs specialist yeah with I the I have to add the retired because I'm no longer employed with the agency.
1: But you do make the rounds, don't you? Um, In the world of media, TV, radio, print, whatever it is, you've kind of been the person for the Social Security Administration that answers all the questions. We've had you on so many times over the years. We do have a special show plan with a specific emphasis today, Joe, on Social Security. Yeah, tips for couples.
2: So we get that question on a regular basis every single week as we help clients uh, put a plan together for retirement uh, one of the important pieces of that plan uh, is social security and uh, understanding it, understanding when you know to start taking benefits understand when not to take benefits um, you know obviously a lot of nuances and things to consider. Um, and so that's that's the theme for today.
1: Well, and who qualifies, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're in a different world now than we were in 1960, Carol, right? Um, Correct. Same-sex marriages and things like that that yes. we need to talk about. And what are the exact rules with regard to Social Security? Uh, it always starts with, how can I get information about Social Security? And there's over the years, Carol, you said be really careful about the website that you're on it's got to be the dot gov as in g-o-v so what is that site it's
3: socialsecurity.gov, and you know that, I always have to put this plug in because it goes for any federal agency. You should be looking at irs.gov or, you know, hud.gov, any of them that you're looking. Just be sure you're at the .gov because otherwise anyone can set up a website, and the information may not be correct, or you may get uh, lots of phone calls from people that you don't want to hear from because they've set up a website, and now you've kind of opened the door to let them in to you know your email address and so and the dot gov always has the correct information and i i do have to say social security's website is awesome it gets better all the time and there's a ton of information on there
1: no my concern would be is giving up my social number itself we are where i was told to be careful about that right carol your social Absolutely. security number is you,
3: know, you, you don't want to just put that on a, any website, but if you're on socialsecurity.gov, and you know, I always plug signing up for the My Social Security account because that gives you a snapshot of everything. You know, you can look at what you'd get on retirement, disability, survivor. It tells you your yearly breakdown of what your wages have been and what you've paid in fica It has lots of good information on there, and that is perfectly safe to open up, and you're going to need your Social Security number to open open that up. But it's also going to ask you some personal questions that they get off of your credit rating. And so, you know, it might ask you what out of these three cars, which ones did you own or who do you have your mortgage with or different things like that that most people should know off the top of their head, but others would not know that about you. So Again, I encourage everybody to open up that account so that they can kind of keep an eye on things, and then you can also go there and file for your retirement claim. And uh, you know, it's a it's a simple process. So unless unless you have something real complicated about your retirement, there's really no reason not to file that online.
2: And I, I would. One hundred percent agree with that, and we tell clients all the time to go through that process of heading to SocialSecurity.gov site and uh, to gathering, uh, in order to gather the information on their personal situation. Um, but Carol, I have a question for you. Would would you suggest um, if somebody is getting close to retirement and wants to understand the full picture of all their benefits and and all the options to them? Uh, would you suggest that they Actually, make an appointment with the local Social Security office?
3: They could do that. I do think the website is pretty, you know, for me it's pretty crystal clear, but then again, I work there and so, you know, I know the answers to most of this stuff are. I don't know. I'm going to say I'm going to say most of it just to, to save myself. But uh, you know, I think it's pretty crystal clear. If you do have questions, though, you could make an appointment to talk with somebody. Right now, it's probably going to be a phone conversation because the offices are not open. Um, but you could certainly do that if you have questions. Excellent. And yet, for that, you can call the 800 number, which is 800 seven seven two. One, two, one,
1: three. And I want to mention to Carol, if our listeners, Joe, this goes for you, if our listeners have retirement questions or social security questions or both because they obviously are, they go hand in hand. Right. Uh, we will open up phone lines here at WISN on the Retirement Clinic. We're also on in Madison on WIBA, another iHeart station. We certainly welcome questions. On the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414 799 1130, 799 1130. I know we got a lot of territory to cover, so we'll get going with that. We got a break in about five minutes, Joe. So I'll let you kick off the first topic as we talk about planning as a couple. But of course, people, when Carol's on, we usually get a lot of calls. So if you do have a question, call early. Call often, and call right now seven nine nine eleven thirty. So I, I guess I want to start with just talking a little bit about
2: you know the 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 million dollar question: when does it make the most sense to file for Social Security benefits? Obviously, there's a lot of follow up questions I'm sure Carol would have for a couple that she was counseling that was considering uh, filing, um, but you know, and and I don't want to steal your thunder, but I know that the the first question and back from anyone presenting on social security is always i can tell you exactly when you should file but first you have to answer a question for me you have to tell me when are you going to die
3: exactly <laughs> we don't know, you know
2: don't that answer to, do we?
0: If, if all. right
2: <laughs> so maybe start carol with just talking a little bit about some of the things to consider as a couple um when it makes the most sense to retire. Let's say we have a couple that, you know, um, both good, solid income earners, pretty healthy, um, and plan to work, you know, into their late 60s.
3: Okay. Um, We'll pretend they're going to work to full retirement age, make it it a little bit easier. You know, I think there's a couple things to consider. I used to get the, right, well I still get the comments from people, but I'm taking my benefits at age 62 because I want to make sure I get some that is the worst reason for filing a benefit at age 62. You know, there's there's things you have to consider. I mean, I think if you are truly sick of working or just, you know, don't want to work anymore, you want to start living a good life, if you have enough other income to live on and enough other income to last you throughout, you know, what you what you expect your lifetime to be, You can certainly file for benefits at 62. Obviously, the benefits go up, and they go up every single month that you wait to file. So if you file at uh, 63 and a half, you're going to get more money than you would at age 63. So every single month that you wait to file, the benefits go up. If you file at full retirement age, you're going to get your full retirement benefit. If you wait until age 70, you get an 8% increase for each year from full retirement age up until 70. So if your full retirement age is 67, you'll get an 8% increase for age 68, 69, and 70. That's a good bang for your buck if you feel like you've got longevity and if you're pretty healthy. Um, some couples may decide that one of them is going to take their benefits early. They may take it at 62. They may take it till full retirement age. And maybe the higher wage earner is going to wait until age 70. When you, um, you know, and I hate to use man and woman, husband and wife, because nowadays there's you know, when I first started for the agency, usually a spouse's benefit meant the wife was going to get that benefit. Now we have women in the workforce that you know many times are making more money than their husband does, so spouse could be either or, and I don't think people realize that either. That if you know if your uh, if your husband is a lower wage earner, he may end up getting some benefits on the wife's record, but if the if the higher wage earner wants to wait until seventy to file for benefits and get those delayed retirement credits. That increases the widow's benefit. So if, if my husband is going to wait until 70, he passes away before I do, that jacks up my widow's benefit. If you're going to get a spouse's benefit, the delayed retirement credits do not increase a spouse's benefit. It only increases the wage earners. But it does increase the widow's. And I know that's a mouthful right there. But... Um, you know, that's kind of the long and short of it. And I I, I think, you know, people need to sit down and uh, there's life expectancy calculators on socialsecurity.gov, and you can kind of plug in information in there and kind of look at what your life expectancy is going to be. There break-even calculators. You can plug in information and kind of see if I wait to take my benefits longer, at what age am I going to break? even is it worthwhile for me to wait? Um, so I think it 's a real personal decision, and I also think it 's a decision that you should sit down and think about and have some conversation about and i don 't think it 's a bad idea to include your financial planner in that conversation so that kind of you know all your uh, eggs are in the basket and you 're making a wise decision. Instead of just saying, I'm going to take it at 62 because I want to make sure I get some.
1: Carol Richardson is with us here on the Retirement Clinic with Joe Still. Joe, I know we got to sneak in a break right now. Uh, Coming up on the program, we have the Boss Minute, Aaron Kowal, after the break with a short minute for business owners, as always. The sexy segment coming up later in the show. We're going to put Paul on the
2: spot. We have some uh, great uh, quiz questions for Paul coming up on the sexy segment. Great.
1: Thank you for that. As related to Social Security, of course. And my record on those quizzes is about 65 to 70% on average. (laughs) A solid C-minus, D-plus range. We'll see how I do today. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the quiz. Carol, we've got some questions coming in. I see a couple of texts as well. We'll try to answer as many of those as we can. Here on WISN, we'll be right back with the retirement clinic with Joe Still, your host from the COWAL Investment Group.
4: Welcome back to The Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with The Boss Minute. Business owners, savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Small business owners can make a lot of mistakes when they look for financing as there are many pitfalls to avoid when securing funding for your business. Here are some of the most common mistakes borrowers make. First is the failure to understand a lender's criteria, meaning who they generally lend to and why. It's important to find a lender who has a history of financing business owners with similar criteria to your own. Next is not being prepared to tell your story to the lender. All lenders want a clear understanding of how you will succeed and how they will be paid back. Be thorough and include realistic financial projections. Another common mistake is assuming the process will be a sprint rather than a marathon. It's important to understand the process of securing financing has different stages. It's not as simple as ordering an Uber and receiving instant service. You should also ensure you're working with a reputable lender. While a business lender who advertises easy and low-cost funding may seem great, it could also be too good to be true. Go to your regulator's website look for complaints or actions against them before you reach out. And lastly, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Applying to a single lender could mean you'll end up paying more in fees or higher interest rates. Shop around for the best terms. If you need advice or help exploring financing options for your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit com.
1: That is Aaron Kowal, today's bossman at Business Owners. Savings and security, thekowalway.com. For more information, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. Joe Still is your host today. This entire month, we are celebrating 20 years on the air with Jeff Kowal and his program in Waukesha, Port Washington, Racine, and location in Phoenix, Arizona. And our special guest, Carol Richson, uh, talking about social security. And I think. If it's okay with you, Carol, we've got a question that just came in, and we'll get this one from a texter. Sounds out there. good. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a good question. Here it is. I'm 64 and a half. I am excited about enrolling in Medicare, but will defer my Social Security benefits for a few years. What do I need to do now or soon? Question mark. Stephen Brookfield.
3: That is a great question because you know a lot of people do decide to work past age 65. A lot of companies, I'll say most companies, allow you to keep your health insurance at the company. But you should still go in and you can do this at mysocialsecurity.gov. So again, open up that My Social Security account. You can go online and you apply for Medicare. You only, If you're going to keep your insurance at the employer, you only want to apply for Part A. And Part A covers your inpatient hospital bills, so it's only inpatient. Part B covers anything outpatient, so tests, doctor visits, things like that. And Part D covers drug coverage. Most people, if you've got insurance through the employer, you're going to have prescription coverage and you're going to have coverage for those doctor visits and things like that. And Part B and Part D have a premium for them. So why pay that premium if you're getting that insurance from the employer? The Part A is free, though, and if you go into the hospital and you have to be inpatient, you know that those bills really rack up, and it's just a good idea to go in, apply for your Part A. You can do that three months before you're 65, the month of, or three months after. I would probably do it sooner than later, and it's going to ask you questions in there. It's going to ask you, you know, do you want Part B? Check note of that because otherwise they're going to start sending you bills for the premiums, Yes, for the Part A, it will ask you if you're still working. It's gonna ask you what your wages are gonna be. You can just put in $99,000, because it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you put in, as long as it's over you know, well over the limit that you're allowed to earn and still collect a benefit. That way, you know, if you put in you're only going to make $10,000, they're going to sign you up for benefits, Um, and there's confusion on that. So just put in a large amount of money, and that way you will get a Medicare card in the mail, and it should say Part A only, and it will say hospital coverage. And that way you've got that extra hospital coverage should you be hospitalized. And then at whatever point you want to start collecting a benefit, all you have to do is call back. And because your record is pretty much set up from taking the Part A, it'll, it's just going to take a few minutes to get your benefit started. So, you, you know, you're kind of being proactive in getting your record set up but also getting that extra health insurance that isn't going to cost you a dime.
1: Uh, Carol, so that was a good question. <laughs> I'm trying to screen them for you from the texters. How's that
3: was maybe I got cut off.
1: No, that was a good question. Also, I want to welcome people to join us on the phones too with Carol. Any social security question is welcome and you can call or text. We've got a few texts, uh, but we certainly have the phone lines open. The acunate mortgage line is 799-1130. Joe, I want to get back to the topic of the, uh, the couples plan. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I know Carol was talking before and, and had some really good points about um, the additional benefits to your survivor if you decide to delay taking your Social Security. Um, so uh, let's turn that upside down. Um, you know, Carol, maybe talk a little bit about um, the other side. If you don't expect to live a long time, if there are some health concerns, you um, does it make sense to, to do the opposite and start taking that Social Security um, as early as you can?
3: If you, To answer that, I guess I would say if you have enough money, you know, other money from other places, whether it's a spouse's income coming in from employment or investments or savings or maybe you have a pension or something else, if you have enough money, other money coming in so that you can pay your bills and live comfortably, I would absolutely take that money sooner, you know, if you've got health issues and you don't expect to have longevity, you know, unless you really love your job. And, you know, one other thing I want to throw in when we talked about – making a decision on when to take benefits you know a lot of times people nowadays are waiting longer to have their children and it's not uncommon for people in second marriages to have children at a later age and if you've got kids that are under the age of 18 and you apply for retirement those kids are eligible for benefits and so if you're trying to decide well should I take it now or should I wait if you've got a 10 year old child you know, they can get benefits up until age 18 or 19 if they're in high school full-time. You might want to factor in, you know, how much is this child going to get, and they would get half of whatever the the applying parent is going to get. You know, so sometimes if you're thinking in terms of, well, I'm going to wait till full retirement age so I don't take that loss, if you kind of factor in how much money you would get for this child, that may cover, cover some of your loss and it may you know, help you make a decision on when to file. And and that's, I guess, another reason, too, why I say kind of make sure that you have everything on the table and that you're looking at all the factors before you make a decision on when to take that benefit.
4: Yeah,
2: that's a great point.
3: Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of people don't even think of that. Right. You know, they don't even realize I can get a benefit for my child under the age of 18.
2: Yep, that's a great point. Uh, maybe... It's- let's address just spousal benefits okay um, you know who qualifies for spousal benefits just in general sure. um, and um one thing that people may not consider is you know i i know it's a high stat you know 40 like over 45 percent of marriages end in divorce um is there a spousal
1: benefit there from a previous marriage oh and then widowed spouses as well correct would correct. come into play if you could address all of those carol
3: uh, you know, for spouses' benefits, I think the thing that's important to remember is you are only eligible for a spouse's benefit if it's going to give you more than what you would get on your own benefit. So if you're full retirement age and your benefit is $800, but you could get 1000 as a spouse, obviously, you'd want to take that spouse's benefit. But if you're a high-wage earner and your benefit's going to be 2000 and your spouse's is going to be 1800 you wouldn't qualify for that. You can qualify uh, for a spouse's benefit. You have to be, you know, the spouse has to be collecting a benefit in order for you to get that benefit. So sometimes we see people that take their benefits at age 62, their spouse continues to work, At whatever point in time their spouse decides to take their benefit, we will look at that record, and if you can get an additional amount of money at that time, we'll take a spouse's claim and add that on. So it isn't as if if I'm going to retire at 62 and I take my benefits now that I'm never going to be able to get a spouse's benefit. That's not the case, and that's part of the reason we ask for things like Social Security numbers on spouses and ex-spouses because you know contrary to what a lot of people think social security does want everybody to get all the benefits that they're entitled to and with uh, with widow's benefits as long as you were married at least 10 years you qualify for a widow's you know a divorced widow's benefit some people confuse that 10 year rule as a spouse as a currently married spouse you do not have to meet a 10 year rule that would only be for a divorced spouse
2: yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, I think, you know, a lot of these things. If you just go to the website, you know, Boy, they're it they're, walks
3: you through it. Yeah, you know, yeah, that ten year rule. There's such a misconception on that. The other thing too that I think there's a huge misconception on is if I'm collecting a spouse's benefit. And my husband has an ex-wife that's going to be eligible for a spouse's benefit that one's going to take away from the other, and that's not the case. If I'm full retirement age and I'm eligible, and again, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but if I'm eligible for a $1,000 and he's got an ex-wife that also qualifies for the spouse's benefit, she's full retirement age, she also gets the 1000 But the most important thing is that it does not take a dime away from my husband. I think a lot of times people are concerned if I've got a spouse that's going to get a benefit, that's going to take away from me, and that's
1: not the case, Carol. A bunch of questions coming in. First, a, twic- a text that a kind of a follow up. So I'll do that first, and then Tom and okay. Win Lake is on hold. We'll get to his phone call in a bit. Paul, Carol just mentioned with respect to Medicare Part A to apply three months before and three months after your sixty fifth birthday. What? And here's a question: What is the significance, Carol, of those three months before and after? And what happens to a person if they try to do it after the three-month period, Ed?
3: That's a really good question, too. We have such great listeners on this show. Um, They want to give you just really a seven-month window to file for benefits. You know, it's the same for retirement. You get that seven-month window. So it isn't as if... You know, my, my 65th birthday is in March. Oh my gosh, I missed March, you know, and now I'm going to get penalized. So they just want to give you a seven month window so you have plenty of time to file for that benefit. If you miss that window, that's where it can be dicey because if you don't take, it's not as, it's not as big of an issue if you're still working. You know, if you're still working and have health insurance, it doesn't matter if you miss that seven-month window. You can still apply for Medicare. If you're not working, if you're, you know, if you're going to file for your Social Security benefits, and I've had people say, I'm not going to take Part B because I'm healthy, that's really a mistake because, you know, it's kind of like most of us don't drive without insurance. We have our houses insured. And insurance is what it is. You know, we pay a lot of money in insurance and hopefully never collect on it. But if you don't take your Medicare at 65, and there are people that opt out of it, and it's the Part B that I'm talking about now because there is a premium for it and sometimes the Part D, then you are only allowed to sign up in January of any given year the coverage is not effective until July. So if you've got your 65th birthday in October, and well, let me pull it back a little. We'll make it September. If you decide not to take that Part B and, you know, now it's the following March and you get sick and you've got lots of hospital or uh, lots of doctor visits. And, you know, nowadays, even chemo is done on an outpatient basis for most people so that's a part b covered service you don't have that coverage and you have to wait until january to apply you don't get the coverage it's not effective and i'm sorry you have to wait till january to apply the coverage is not effective until july so you're sitting that whole time with no outpatient health insurance so it can be really detrimental and i know people don't want to pay the premium you know we never do but I, and i think just, you know, the laws of physics, the older we get, the more we need that health insurance, and I think it's really critical to take that.
1: That's and
2: a really so, good point. Joe, you know, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the the key to that is you never know what's coming around the corner. and
3: Exactly. And yeah. then the other thing is if you don't take it when it's first offered, There's an increase in the premium every year. And again, I I just want people to be really clear, if you're still working and getting insurance through your employer, there is no penalty for you. Um, It's just important that when you do stop working and your employer health insurance goes away, that you get that application in for the Medicare so that you've got that coverage when you need it.
1: Carol Richson joins us today again at website socialsecurity.gov. We'll be right back. The Sexy Segment. Joe's got a little pop quiz for me. I also see a ton of questions. we got texts. We've got phone calls. If you're on hold, be patient. Just a quick break. We're going to come back, hit a few questions. Get to that pop quiz, the sexy segment, com. More information on the Kowal Investment Group. Joe Still is your host today on News Talk 1130 WISN Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. Stick around. Yes, the sexy segment back. The Retirement Clinic is back. Joe Still, your host from the Kowal Investment Group, celebrating 20 years this month of September here on this program. Now on WIBA Madison and WISN Milwaukee, Carol Richson is here, our special guest from the Social Security Administration. We should mention Carol again. I always screw up your title, which is...
3: Retired Public Affairs
1: Specialist. Thank you. Retired Public Affairs Specialist. The website, make sure you're on the right one, socialsecurity.gov. If we don't get all the texts, Carol's going to call those people back. That's how passionate she is. Uh, but we do have callers, and I want to get to these phones uh, before we run out of time. Then Joe's got this pop quiz I'm a little worried about this coming up.
3: He's gonna, I, I hope he brought some off swag in case you win. <laughs> You should get like a mug or
1: something. Oh yeah, right? we, can, we can work that out. For the sure. last time I was at Jess Waukesha office, I was getting a coffee. I dropped the mug on the floor and it broke. Oh, my gosh. Felt like an idiot. He said, don't worry about it, Paul. Don was all embarrassed, burying her head. Uh, so, yeah, I, I owe him a cup, actually. Tom is in Wind Lake. How are you doing, Tom?
0: Real good. Um, here's my question. Um, I was an engineer for 33 years. I was retired from one company. I got sick of my job at age 59 and three quarters, so I just quit. And uh, now I bartend. So I'm 61 now. Um, how much money can I make and still take Social Security without getting penalized for still working?
3: Okay. The limit this year is $18,960. Are you going to be 62 this year?
0: Uh, In March, unfortunately.
3: Oh, March of next year. Okay. Yeah. That benefit amount, if there's a cost of living, which, you know, that usually comes out in October, if there's a cost of living, this amount gets bumped up. It's usually somewhere around three to $500, so you could kind of plan on that. Um, for the first year that you retire, they just use a monthly figure, so they wouldn't count anything you make in January and February, but after that you'd be limited to a monthly amount. Uh, this year it's $1,580, and that's just for the first year that you retire. And they, okay. can, they can actually count that out. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Um, they can comp that out. If it's more beneficial, they will use the yearly amount for you. Okay, that sounds good. Can I make a plug for Suburban Bourbon in Muskego where I work?
1: You just Uh, did.
0: As a bartender? Okay, (laughs) thank you very much.
1: No problem, Tom. Anytime, we appreciate the phone call uh, here in WISN, the Retirement Clinic in Genesee. And Rudy, good morning.
0: Good morning, Carol and company. It's a wonderful neighborhood. Good morning. Hi, hi. Uh yes, um, I've been doing a Roth conversion now for quite a few years about $80,000 a year and and it didn't take long until the government you know they they actually noticed uh I was making uh increased income. So now I have uh now I'm penalized on my social security and I'm paying more on my insurance and my question is this, I'm going to be doing this For a couple more years, should I contact Social Security when I stop doing it, or are they going to be honest about it and automatically increase my Social Security check again and uh, decrease my payments on Medicare?
3: You know, they will be honest about it, but it takes them sometimes a year or so to get that information from IRS and What adds to that is when you file your taxes. So obviously the later you file your taxes, the longer it takes them to get that information. So if you want that change done, you know, right away, I would just contact them and let them know. It's, it's just, to me it's easier and then that way, especially with those higher premiums, that'll go down a lot faster than waiting for them to get the info from IRS.
0: Okay, I will do that. I appreciate your input, and and I hope you have. a uh, get a copy of, you of Have account. a wonderful, a wonderful
3: week and a wonderful life. Take care,
1: Rudy. Thank very, very one of the nicest yeah, callers thanks, I Rudy. think great. we've ever had. Uh, right That's back at you, Rudy.
3: Tax return. You can just you know take that into the office or send a copy in and just let them know what you want to do. So let's
1: see. Before we hit the text line, I want to get this quiz in because Joe's got some questions. You put some work into this, and I want to make sure we get to it. Yeah, uh, these should be really easy questions for you, Paul. Oh, you sure.
2: should You should kill it. You have a 50-50 shot. They're all true or false. Oh, okay. okay. So we'll, well, I'll, I'll read the question. Paul will give an answer, and then Carol can uh, can provide the If um, I'm wrong, the then she can answer. give the correct answer. Correct. <laughs> so here's question one. If you ever paid Social Security taxes, so you paid a, either a dollar or, you know, a um, million dollars, you will get retirement benefits. If you ever paid Social Security taxes, mm-hmm. you will get retirement benefits.
1: True. True or false? True.
3: Wrong.
1: Eh. What the you know what? <laughs> I paid in. <laughs> Come on. Okay, yeah. so there's obviously a limit, Carol?
3: Yes. You have to have 10 years of work or 40 credits.
4: Oh, Okay.
3: Okay so you have to you know if you've just worked 5 years out of your lifetime sorry you're not getting anything uh, you know then you better be looking at a spouse's benefit um but yeah you do have to meet the 40 quarter requirement and and you know for younger people um You know, when I talk about that, my social security account, you should be signing up for that as soon as you have a job because you can track your wages and you can see how many credits you have. And you can use that to plan with your, you know, get a financial planner early and start saving so that you can live the good life. So
1: the answer is 10 years, right? 10 10 years. I'm 0 for 1. Question number 2. We got a bunch of them. Question number 2. So this should
2: be an easy one, Paul. So (laughs) you must be a U.S. citizen to collect social security. True or false? True.
3: Wrong again, Paul. Sorry. Well, what's going on here? Uh, well, you know, if you are legally authorized to work in the country, and, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, doctors, for instance, they're always a good example. If they're legally authorized to work into the country, they've got that status from immigration. And they pay it and they're paying in FICA taxes they're eligible wait so I-
1: rephrase the question Joe how did you ask it again you must be a. US citizen to collect social security so you're saying I can collect social security if I'm not a. US citizen correct yes correct.
3: so if you're here we'll just say you're here from Germany. And you've been here for 25 years and you're working. You've never switched over to U.S. citizenship. Yep. But you're legally in the country and you're authorized to work through immigration services. You're working. They're taking FICA taxes out of your check. Yeah. I get it. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. Question number three. All right. Question as long number three.
3: If you've got those 40 credits, you're eligible for a benefit.
1: If,
2: question number three. If you're getting Social Security when you turn 65. All right so you've already applied for benefits you turn 65 you're automatically enrolled in Medicare true or false You're false
1: Oh, <laughs> oh for 3 Oh for 3 yep. <laughs> Wow so you're automatically enrolled Yeah
3: I, If I, you've been collecting you know say you start taking your benefits at 62 63 whatever Once you hit 65, you're just going to get a Medicare card in the mail. When you file that application, you're automatically filing for your Medicare. And that's really just so that you don't have to call back later and apply for another thing.
1: I'm doing awful so far. Let's try
2: one more. All right, one more. Uh, Here's your chance, Paul. Once you're getting Social Security benefits, you don't have FICA taxes withheld from your paycheck. Wait, repeat that. Once you're getting Social Security benefits, so once you've applied and you're, you're receiving benefits, right. you don't have FICA taxes withheld from your paycheck. True or false?
3: If you keep working. Or if you keep working. Yeah, you know, Say you got a part-time job like the guy we just talked to.
1: I will say false.
3: Okay. You got, you got the money Ding, 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 ding. I got one nine out of one. Out of,
1: should I do one more? Do you, you got one more you can throw at me to redeem myself? I, I could ask you one more. Okay.
2: Yep. Okay. All right. So good job, Paul. You got that one. Thank right. you. One for four. I should just go to the opposite with my yeah. inclination. Yeah. Um if your your retirement benefit can be reduced if you're still working. Your retirement benefit can be Indeed. reduced if you're still working. True or false?
1: True. Okay.
3: Okay.
2: That yeah, was an easy one. That was a layup, Carol. I gave him a, a very, very simple.
1: I'm almost at 500. We, if you
2: give me one not, more,
1: even no, even if, Stephen.
3: If you're over full retirement age, there is you know there is no uh, earnings limitation. You can you know once you're full retirement age, you can make as much money as you want. I'm heating up, and it doesn't affect the Social Security check that you're getting.
1: Carol, we got a break, but we, can we do this in 60 seconds, real quick? The texture right now i'm sure the biden there's a no he wrote it not me i am sure the biden administration will change those rules regarding the 40 credits ask carol if she knows of that possibility
3: i have not heard anything of that possibility and i i i don't know that i see that happening to, to be real honest.
1: It's hard to make I, I a prediction just, like that. It's more yeah, of an opinion. I, I
3: just don't know, but I see something like... And, you know, the other thing people have to remember, too, is that whenever there's a change in the law like that, it doesn't happen overnight. There's, you know, there's got to be a lot of yakking back and forth and a lot of arguing and... You know, things just don't change that quickly. Yeah. Honestly, I don't see that happening. You
1: haven't heard anything. That was his question. You haven't no, heard anything. I have
3: not heard okay. anything. And, you know, forty credits is ten years of work. So that's really not a lot of work if you think about it. Um, you know, because most people work 30-40 years in their lifetime. If if um, you know, if it's somebody that's that's working and and supporting their family on it. They, they work long periods of time, so 10 years is really just kind of a minimum.
1: Good questions. Joe Still, Carol Richson here on The Retirement Clinic with the COAL Investment Group, the thekowalway.com, socialsecurity.gov is the other website we gave out. Final comments coming up next, WISN and WIBA. on wisn this quick texter with carol rootson our special guest i always kind of think i'm screwing up your name carol sorry about that joe still is here in the retirement clinic here's our final question i have my work insurance carol and i've got medicare part a upcoming surgery in late fall i have to pay my work deductible do i have to pay part a medicare deductible too
3: there is a deductible for Part A. It's one thousand four hundred and eighty-four dollars, and that's good for sixty days. After that, it would be three fifty-two daily.
1: We really thank you for your time today, Carol. The website is socialsecurity.gov. Joe Still, your website, the Koal Way. Dot com.
2: Yes, and if you have any question, first of all, thank you so much, Carol. We, we certainly appreciate your relationship we have with you and all the great um, help that you've given us over the years. Um, anyone needing help, having questions, visit our website. Give us a call at uh, 262-522-4040 and we'll walk through that process with you. As you could hear today, there's many, many variables when it comes to a couples uh, determining when is the best time to take their Social Security benefits. The co-way
1: Or call 262-522-4040, Waukesha, Port Washington, Racine, and Phoenix. We'll see you next week at WISN and WIBA.